Welcome to Book Talk with Kara Putman. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Kara Putman, the award-winning, best-selling author of more than 30 novels. I write romantic legal suspense and World War II romance, but I read voraciously. Each week, I'll introduce you to one of my favorite author friends as we talk books, writing, and life. Be sure to check back frequently for new episodes. It's that time of year when the leaves and temperatures are falling and the book pile is calling. Time to cozy up by the fire with a great book or series. And the award-winning Deep Haven series presented by author Susan May Warren is the perfect escape. Readers have loved Susan's popular Deep Haven series, a town in beautiful Minnesota where everyone escapes for a second chance and a fresh start. This past year, she's partnered with three incredibly talented authors to create a new take on this beloved series. Deep Haven is getting a crisis response team because even Deep Haven has its share of trouble and the new season shares the stories of six couples who find love, as well as disaster, drama, heartbreak, and adventure in this exciting new series that has hit many bestseller lists. Most of all, they learn that in Deep Haven, there is no problem so deep that God's love isn't deeper. This fall, cozy up to the Deep Haven series. Go to www.sunrisepublishing.com for more information. And when you buy an audio or ebook from the website store, use BookTalk21 for 20% off all products through December. Hello, I want to welcome you to a special edition of Book Talk, where today I am going to be discussing all things writing, authoring, entrepreneurship, and fun with my good friend, Susan May Warren. You have probably read her romantic suspense and fallen in love with Deep Haven, but this woman is one of the most accomplished people I know. She writes fabulous books very quickly, and it has turned it into a planner that we're going to be talking about that's based on values and is for not just writers, but all creators. And really just about anybody can use it to really hone in on who are you and what matters to you and how do you build your life around that. But then she also has a publishing empire and all of these great things. But what I most appreciate about Susie is that she pours her knowledge back into other people. She doesn't hoard it and sit there and go, I have unlocked the key to story and I'm gonna keep it for myself. Instead, she has turned around and developed all kinds of writing resources and teaches at so many conferences like ACFW. And I value that teaching so much that anytime I can, I am sitting in the front row taking tons of notes because every time I listen to Susie teach about writing, I learn something that makes my books better. So Susie, I am so glad to have you with me today. Wow. Thank you, Kara. That was awesome. That was a really nice introduction. 
it's well, amazing. Is there anything that I missed that you want to add? I mean, besides, no, you know, you no, live in two places. And... Oh, I live in two places and I don't clean my house. How about that? And you really <laughs> love football. That's another thing that we should I do. I do love football very much. I was, I was a massive football mom. I was I committed to football for years. I miss it greatly. Now I'm not sitting in the stands, although I don't have to sit in the stands and freeze anymore. So that's. Yeah. Well, because Minnesota, I mean, yeah. It, Football would be during the really cold time of the year. Oh, yeah. Like you get one nice game and the rest are all like, I have like five. I was going through my stuff trying to weed out and I have like five different coats that I used to wear and I would just layer them on and they all are branded, you know, the the team and stuff. So what am I going to do with them? Like, I can't wear them around town. So I'm like, what am I doing with all this stuff? I need to, I should have thought about that before I purchased them all. But anyway, yeah. (laughs) Well, and one of my friends, I was having lunch with her today for her breakfast and she was talking about how she has decided the best way to go to a football game. And this is in Indiana. So I figure you'd layer a couple of these, but sleeping bags. Cause she's like, you just step into the sleeping bag and then it's a windbreaker and it's downfilled and you can last through just about anything oh yeah no doubt that's exactly right and then if you get the right kind you can unzip the bottom so then it's like this cocoon but just <laughs> feet there and I always wore like my Uggs you know so I was really warm and then yeah I've done the sleeping bag thing and the best is when it goes over your head and then you just okay. can stand up and sit down and oh yeah no so and then you're set yeah and, but I was laughing because yeah. I'm like I don't think they'd let me do that at Purdue I don't think I could show <laughs> no. up at Purdue football game with the <laughs> the whole you know like i'm hopping along unless like, unless it had purdue on it you might be able to do like if you had it embroidered you know with purdue yeah. then you could maybe get away with it so maybe maybe i yes. might have to try that but fortunately <laughs> things haven't been too cold yet this year yeah that's so, good yeah but football's the best although and i'm a college is. football person but oh me too i love the university of minnesota gophers so there you go uh, well you know that's i'm right. a nebraska <laughs> and purdue fan so oh we beat nebraska this year uh, yeah, Nebraska keeps getting like within a touchdown. They do. They're they are actually much better than their than their scores or than their record indicates. Yeah. So, yes. This is really true. Okay. So okay. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so y'all are seeing why Susie and I just we can talk for forever. We have yeah. so much fun together. Fun um, and I have to say, I'll never forget. Uh, there were a couple of ACFWs where I reached out to you and I was like, "Hey, we're both here. Would you like to have lunch?" Mm-hmm. And I was always so honored that you're like, sure, because you're like this incredibly successful writer and you were making time. And those, I always learned so much from those. So to me, what we're doing right now is actually just letting other people in on our conversations about how do we be more effective, really business people as writers, because writers want to just be creatives. And you and I, I mean, I've got an MBA. I teach at a business school. You basically have an MBA. I don't think you have the letters, but I don't have the letters. I run my own companies. Yeah. Yeah. You run lots of companies very, very well. Mm -hmm. And a lot of writers and creatives really struggle with that. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the planner. Okay. How did you get to a point where you're like, I need to invest time? Because this is not just like a calendar. There is so much more to it. What was the process that got you to this system? 
So that's a great question. So I've actually been using my own version of a planner like that one for about um, probably 20 years um, or maybe 25 years. So I started before I was ever a writer. I was a missionary and I was a homeschooler. So as a homeschooler, you know, you have to have a plan. And I realized that I needed to figure out how to manage my time well, especially since I was called to be a, I was also, I was a missionary, I was a homeschooler and I was writing. So, you know, I had to figure out how I was going to be a homeschooling mom, be a provider for the family in some ways. You know, I had to go to the market and all that kind of stuff. I taught English as a second language. I volunteered in a orphanage and then I was also writing. So I was like, yeah. when am I going to do Russia. Let's in not Russia. forget the in Russia yeah. part. Right, right. In Siberia. And so, um, so you really like cold, I, you know, not so much anymore, but at the time and still <laughs> I do, it's snowing up my house right now. It's really lovely. So, but yeah, so I had to figure out how am I going to manage all this? And I realized early on that I am not a good multitasker. I can't do three or four things. Well, I have to do one thing at a time. I'm a multi-focuser. And so I realized if I can focus on this little piece right here and do that well, then I can, you know, then I can finish that and then I can move on to the next thing and the next thing. And I came up with a system that worked for me um, that was called time blocking. And now it's really popular, but I've been doing it for about 25 years. And basically it's that, that blocking of time where you focus on something and then you focus on something else and you can move those time blocks around according to your schedule, but then it helps you focus. So that was the, those were the early days of of planning and then I also always had you know sort of a five-year plan and a three-year plan and all that kind of stuff well as I got older I realized that I I didn't want to just haphazardly make plans I realized that I needed to figure out how I was planning um, that had an impact on my life so um so, you know, I started planning by what brought me joy and, you know, some of long-term things like that, but then I got cancer and it was about four years ago. And I started to realize, wait a second here, I want to live my life in such a way that if I died tomorrow, I could go, yep, that's exactly how I want, how I live, how I wanted to live my life. And, and so I started to look at my planning and I said, wait a second, Susie, you, you always live your life by your values, but have you planned your life by your values? Have you planned your time based on our, your values? So what happens is that we get along, we start going along with our day. And there's a lot of people that do this already, but, but instead of taking our lives and saying, okay, I value this or this or this, we just sort of go through our lives and we find ourselves doing things that we don't necessarily value, or we find ourselves involved in projects that we think, oh, that's not a project that I would normally do. And so what happened is I turned my planning around and I started saying, what are my values? And then what does my life look like if I live by those values? And I'm not talking about Christian values. I'm talking about my own personal Susie values. Everybody has their own personal values and things that are important to them, right? And so how do I, how do, how, what are my values? I'd figure that out first. And then how do I plan my time? And so we have a, so I, so when I was creating my planner, my planner is a system. It's a system of thinking. It's a system of organization. And, and then it's a system of getting stuff done. But I went back to the beginning and I said, okay, it needs to start with my values and how do those 
Yep. Right there. And we have a little, we have a little test that you can take. And then there's a way to figure out how to, how to prioritize your values and how to say, okay, how am I going to find the things that fit with my values the best? So it's a whole program, a whole plan, and it's not very hard. And we actually have classes, but basically it's, it's, we start with looking at the life that you live now and what values are reflected. And we do our little test. And then we say, now let's say what your life would look like if you lived by your values. So the planner, once we did that, and I started, and I did it for myself, but I found that people loved it because they were like, this is revolutionary. Now I live my life and every day I go, yep, I made that decision based on this value, or I did my, you know, I did this based on this value. And now guess what? You can say no, because you can say, I'm sorry, that doesn't match my values. That doesn't work for me. And instead of, you know, I know that a lot of people probably don't have a problem saying no, but I do. I do too, yeah. <laughs> and so I had to, so I had to figure out, okay, how do I figure out if something is the right thing to say no to? And of course I pray and all that kind of stuff. But I also said, it's a really easy decision when I say, nope, that doesn't match my values. And that also helps me figure out what I'm going to write and how I'm going to spend my time and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, so yes. How did you drill down to what your values are? Because, you know, you say values and I immediately go, okay, I want to I want to have a home that's always open to students because I okay. teach at a university and it, to us, it's a value, but COVID's kind of shut that down. And so, you know, we're like, okay, so what does that look like today? You know, so mm -hmm. having hospitality, hospitality is a value, but yeah. I'm not sure that lines up with what you were talking about. So no, it totally does. Totally does. That's one of your values. And so as a result of that being one of your values, you need to carve out time in your world to have that value. So one of my values is nurturing my friends and family. So that's one of my, so it's similar to hospitality, but not exactly the same, right? So in my values board, I actually have, let's see if I can show it to you. This is my family board, right? So it says family and it has different people in my values, right? So this is the, actually that board. And everybody's got a, and I, and, I, and so everybody's got a place. So on there, it says family vacation. It says trip with some friends, trip with another set of friends, birthdays, a uh, visit from my, my children, you know, from my kids overseas, you know, all these other kind of stuff. And I sit down and I figure out where that's going to all fit into my life. And I, you know, and I also have like a way to prioritize things, but because that's a value that mm -hmm. goes into my planning and not just, you know, I'm going to, figure out where to put it, I actually create slots for it. So for example, one of my values is uh, our best friends nurturing that relationship. We go out to dinner with them every Friday night, every single oh, that's awesome. night. Yeah, yeah. And that's just becoming a, that's just a value that I plugged in. And because of that's an important thing to me, I never miss it. So it's yeah. kind of stuff like that. So, so to answer your question, we have a questionnaire to, that helps you figure out what your values are, but there's a lot of really fun ways we get at it. Like what is your favorite movies? Your, your top three movies will probably tell you a lot about yourself. Um, what are you willing to fight for? So Black Widow, uh, Bringing Up Baby. I don't know what the third one would be, but I don't know what Black Widow says about me. Other than oh, I totally see that. That's your strong woman who, <laughs> who, who protects those around her. That's what that says to me. I don't, I have not seen Bringing Up Baby, so I don't know that one. Catherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, 1933 oh. slapstick comedy. It's fantastic. You okay, have to I'll, I'll it's on it. the top 100 list for just about every movie list. And it's usually in the top 20. Oh, 
Sorry, I missed it. I will have to read it. That's and you like Michael Bublé. I mean, come on. I do. I love Michael Bublé. I'm a massive fan. Yeah. <laughs> I know that you introduced me to him. <laughs> you guys are great. We were in the same audience waving to each other. Because yeah. awesome. we had your first set of tickets and then you and Rachel got better tickets. <laughs> I know you guys were awesome. That was so great of you to go. And, it was and so fun. Buy the tickets from me. <laughs> because i went to your husband i'm like please please <laughs> and i'm like i can't really him. like him he's very romantic <laughs> and he said and i think you even did he's kind of vintage <laughs> i like him i know <laughs> so no that's right but yeah so like even that like that's a value of mine is making time out for great events so like i saw chicago in concert about a year ago it was or two years ago before covid it was fantastic you know so again I don't feel any guilt about, you know, spending money on a Chicago ticket because I know that's one of my values is spending time with my friends. And that was something we did. So I, so again, it, it's, it's about saying yes to the right things and saying no to the things that don't match you and then knowing what that is. And so, and yes, and we have a little quiz on how to, how to do that. And I think that's really, that's been really revolutionary for me because now I, everything I do is aligned with who I am and what, and the values that I have. That's awesome. So when you're talking about your plan, because you get your mm -hmm. values and then you build mm -hmm. out your plan mm -hmm. and you are one of the most visionary people I know. And I, I, it, we're a lot alike in a lot of ways. I mean, we I are. tend to be pretty visionary, but I feel like I am like here compared to the master. So <laughs> you much like you actually took time out between contracts to sit down and map out what you're oh, yeah three or four years of writing was going to be because you wanted to do traditional and indie, but you were going to do it with great intention. Oh, so yeah. how do you come up with that kind of plan? And then you actually execute it. That's the amazing thing is you've got these, they call it the big audacious, hairy goals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you live them in space, but you actually make them happen. So how do you find that connection between, I think this would be really cool, but actually because publishing's, I guess I'm, I'm not doing saying this very well, but publishing's a world where we as writers actually don't control a lot of things. Mm -hmm. We're actually at the mercy of publishers and readers, and there's all this stuff that's outside our control. Yet right. you've found a way to kind of reclaim control over that. So how do you do that through this planning process? Sure. So one thing is, is that I'm very aligned to what my readers want. And so I look at that and I say, what's selling? What do they want? What do, you know, and I, I kind of try to talk to my readers and say, what are you looking forward to? Who are your favorite characters? I get a lot of emails of, you know, we write about this character, or I'd love to see this happen or whatever. And so, so I take that and then I look at what my skills are I also have like this in the planner I have a let's evaluate what's working for you and what isn't there's a whole couple pages about that and so that's a way for me to look and say what made me the most money what was the most enjoyable to write what are the readers looking for this sort of thing and I think if we start looking at saying what do our readers want then mm -hmm. we are going to boost our sales because you're giving them what they want and you'll get this really strong fan base. And I think that's important. You know, I, I am just as an aside, you know, it's such a privilege to have readers because in our world today, there are so many things that people could read and so many ways they could spend their time. So you really have to earn your readers love and respect and, you know, their commitment. And then you have to keep it by giving them what they want, you know? And so that's such an important thing. It's such an honor to have readers, but it's also such a responsibility. So I kind of take both those sides and say, okay, how do I, how do I give them what they want? And yet still keep my creativity and still surprise them as well. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's the one thing. And then I look at in terms of, 
I look at, you know, I kind of have a, a, a big series that I'm always looking at. This is the series I want. And then I have indie publishing has really allowed me to fill in the gaps. I'm a very fast writer, but um, I, I, yeah, I love to write. And so it's like my number one thing. And so, so because of that, I have sort of the big stories, but then I always have time to write the smaller ones. And so the indie books kind of help me fill in the gaps between those. And because I know the worlds I'm creating and the people I'm in the places I'm moving, I now have this sort of integrated Susie verse, you know, yeah, you all, <laughs> everybody's connected now. So, so I kind of know where that is. And then really it's a matter of like looking at how many books I want to write, what kind of time I have and looking at my year, I know how long it takes me to write a book. And I have a, I have a system. I write 20 chapter books. And so, and I write one chapter uh, a day when I'm getting going. And so I can write a book in 20 work days really. And so, you know, and then I rewrite and this sort of thing but it's it's you know I have this like system so I kind of know how long it'll take me to write it and then I just look at my calendar and I realistically put in dates but I, ha I have a whole program on this if you when people that get the planner actually have access to all of that all the tricks and tips you know and so that kind of helps yeah. a little bit but I think a lot of it is simply putting it down and making it realistic and saying okay this is the day I'm showing up to do this and then of course when you're focusing on one thing and you don't have 80 things happening then it's easier to sit down and get it done. So but I think that's part of the value as experienced writers, because um, like I know that I can write a chapter a day in an hour to an hour and a half when I'm in the story flow. Now, if I haven't done enough of the pre-work, I'm going to have to do research or I'm going to have to do these different things. But in the flow, I know I can hit that pace or I'm being lazy. And right. so then you can kind of reverse engineer. But one of the things I had to learn to do the hard way is early in, I had so many books that were due like January 1st or January 15th. Mm -hmm. And that means you're writing over Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, oh, I can write when I'm in Nebraska for Christmas, or I can write on Thanksgiving. And then I went, I'm tired of doing that. And so the idea of sitting down and being just realistic with that, I'm going to want to take five days off at Christmas, but because yeah. I knew my pace, I could then back in and go, all right, that means I'm not going to be able to get it done in a month. I'm going to need a month and a half because you've got Thanksgiving and you've got Christmas and just being realistic yeah. about I what think that's can really happen. That's really the key. And I think what happens is people freak out and they go, oh, I have to write this 60,000 word book. And then they sit down and they, for some reason, think they need yeah. to write all 60,000 words today. You know, yeah, and you, don't. <laughs> you don't. You need to write, you know, 2,000 words or 3,000 words or whatever it is. And, and as long as you, sh you plan it and you show up, you can take days off and you can go on vacation and you could like, I have a book due December 1st. I have actually, I have surgery like on, on the day before Thanksgiving, I'm having my knee replaced with oh. a long story yeah. Yeah. that involves a, a injury with a dog, a bunny and a hole in the yard. It was very bad. So oh, anyway, no. yeah, it was terrible. So anyway, but not to worry, I have my book already done. I just kind of moved stuff around and was able to finish it early, you know? So it's like when you have a, a system you can have more flexibility and I really feel like that's so important with so many things of our lives you know we have when you know life can be systemized in some ways I mean obviously 
during the time that you're writing your chapter, you're sort of letting your, 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 your I call, I pants my chapters, but I plan my books, right? So yes. I show up for my chapter and I kind of know what I'm going to do, but not quite, you know, and I enjoy it. Well, same with life, you know, it's like, I know yeah. oh, I'm going out for dinner. I just don't know where, you know, kind of <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so it's like, I think if you have systems for organizing your time and your life and your clothing, your food and your house and all that kind of stuff, it makes it a little bit easier. So. Yeah. Absolutely. So since we're talking about the planner, where do people find it? Because one of the things I love about it is you've got a lot of samples up so people can really get a feel for how yeah. it's different. Um, because I know like for my daughter, because she's a senior in, in college, it took finding the right planner. Once she found the right planner, everything got organized. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. that first semester was a hot mess because it wasn't the right planner. Right. And so I've learned that, you know, I just kind of have to look and play around it. Obviously, I like this one because I have it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's blank because this year has been uh, chaos. Crazy. <laughs> crazy yeah. It's hard but, to plan anything. So, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of that. So, you've got a dedicated website, My Brilliant writing planner.com. So my brilliant writing planner.com. People can also go to novel.academy and there's a link there as well. So, but yeah, if you go to my brilliant writing planner.com, they can see all the, they can see the whole system. They can see, and again, people use it in different ways. And that's one thing that we've tried to encourage is that just because I use it this particular way and the planning is the pre-planning really is where it's at. Um, mm -hmm. We've got all sorts of, and I tell people just take a day or two days and just kind of think through the pre-planning it's really fun but then you know it's it you know the other parts the execution and so like for example we have in our planner so this is the last year's planner we have a section for people to write down their menu every day right well yeah. a really small space um and so it's not a really full menu but I like to write down what I ate so I like I write oh, down no. what I ate or maybe I'll write down my calories for the day or whatever I don't write down everything I just I like the I don't pre-plan there I post-plan there you know so yeah well, um, and, and that serves an important function too because that's why I like my Fitbit you mm -hmm. know my husband's always going the Fitbit should serve you not you serve it and I'm like but it does serve me mm -hmm. because it reminds me to get up and I'm a happier person if I get up every hour and just walk around the floor you know mm -hmm. if I'm at work or if I'm here you know I, I get up and I do something um because I need that reminder oh have I seen the sun today well okay yeah, right, right in Indiana today there's not sun it sounds like there's not Minnesota but <laughs> You know, I'm so yeah, I'm at 116 days of hitting my step count, you know, mm -hmm. in a row, but it's, it, it helps me remember to, okay, I need to be moving. I know I'm a happier person and more productive mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. I'm moving. So this is the tool to make sure I'm doing what I already know my body. Needs. Right. Right. And that's really what a planner is. It's a tool to help yeah. you organize your life your way. Right. And and we have, you know, some trips, tricks and tips and how to, how to do that and how to use it, but really it needs to be your planner. Right. And so, yeah. so that's kind of, you know, we give you ideas, but there's a lot of people that in, like, we have a, a planner area in Facebook that you, you can join and people give different ideas and how they use it and this sort of thing. It really is just a reminder. And I think that's, what's kind of fun about it is that here's one of my favorite parts is this daily inspiration. I haven't written in this yeah. one because this is an example. This is not my real one, but you know, this is daily inspiration page. And I love this page because it reminds me to sit down 
think through my morning, think through my life, have some prayer time, read a good book, this sort of thing. So the planner's got just a lot of things like that, that I love. And then of course, my favorite is in the back, the story equation. So it is, has the the story equation, uh, planning worksheets for stories in the back, which I really, really love. So yeah. And I love those. And I have to say, this is a great segue to the writing part because the story equation so for me, it's been taking the story equation and doing the Enneagram with it. And I've got mm-hmm. a book that I've been writing on how to use the Enneagram. And it's one of those, it's a personal project that I just need to finish. I need two days to sit down and finish the stupid thing. But putting those two together has mm-hmm. been so powerful, so powerful because mm-hmm. you can find the fear, the lie, you can't find the wound. And Beth vote always laughs at me because I'm like, yeah, you know, that happy moment. I can't do those. I don't walk around going, oh, the happiest moment was X. She's like, you need to start a happiness journal. You I'm like, you do. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm like, I'm so on to the next thing that I might be like, oh, that was fun. And then I'm off to the next thing. So when it's like, what was their happiest moment? I'm like, who needs happy moments? You know, <laughs> you know, Kara, that's really interesting. You should say that because after I had cancer, I started to make sure that I had moments that I snapshot, snapshotted in my head where I was like, this is a perfect moment. And I started to have those more and more. So now I have like this sort of mental collection of perfect moments in my life. And I think it is helpful because now I've been more intentional about finding perfect moments that then make me go, okay, this, this right here is a happy thing, you know? And I think you and I are very driven. We're very busy. And if we don't stop and smell the roses every once in a while, we'll be like, did I miss it? Wait, what just happened? Exactly. (laughs) And, and, and generally we are happy all the time. So it's not like we have to have a happy moment, but sometimes it is good to just be like, I worked very hard for this and this is a happy moment. Well, and that's where I still struggle with that. Like there was a period in time where I would take my kids to a movie when I turned a book in just to acknowledge, okay, I actually finished the book Mm -hmm. instead of, cause I am such a, okay, finish that book now onto the next thing. Mm -hmm. And so and I've stopped doing that. I'm like, I need to start reinstituting some type of, okay, I'm going to celebrate that this actually is done. It's finished. It's good. And now we can move on to the next thing. Yeah. It can be Thank very easy to focus good. on what's next, what's next, what's next. Yeah, so, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. So it's, it's good. The story equation yes. is something that most people talk about as it was a light bulb moment for them. Mm. And I think for me, where it came in is my, I'm really good at plotting. I'm really good at heroes. I suck at heroines, which is really interesting to me. Everyone's like, really? Um, But I have to really work hard at them. Mm -hmm. And my agent kept going, you need layers, take more time. You need layers, you need layers. And I think the story equation helped me figure Mm -hmm. out how to get to those internal layers. So now I feel like about book 25, it started (laughs) clicking after all of these books were, I mean, get there and they're good. I would go back and I read them. And I'm like, I'm proud of them. They are good books, but yeah. there's like this next level that happens when you dig in. So yeah. what is this? Number one, what's the best resource of all of yours? What's the one that you're like, if you're trying to figure out story equation and you can't come to a conference and learn it straight from me, right. here's the resource you need. And here's why it matters. Right. So, so if, if you haven't, if you don't know what the story equation is, I would encourage you to get the book. It's on, it's here's 10 bucks, yeah. hard copy. It's I worth think it's every over. penny. <laughs> yeah, mine's like dog-eared and- Yeah, and, and mine's you know, up on my writing shelf back there. Yeah. 
Um, and it's like, it's 10 bucks. It's a quick read, but it's very thorough. And then um, it's, I think it's five bucks on Kindle, maybe I can't remember. And so, but then you can, yeah. And then that's, it's got all of the pieces in it. Um, and then of course we've got class, a class that goes with it. If you want to take a class and then we go deeper. And by the way, we do have an Enneagram uh, series of classes on Enneagram and story equation. Cause you're right there that works hand in hand together. Yeah. So, and I, what I'm basically doing is taking all these resources and tying mm -hmm. it into, okay. So when you're building a character, mm -hmm. here's the short guide, you know, so that right. you can kind of sit down and go, Oh, if they're a three, then they're probably afraid of this kind of thing. So what was mm -hmm. the one that led to that? And then you get the layers. So, so good. So good. Yeah, yeah. But so you've got all these classes and that's through the Novel Academy, right? Right. So we have a I have a school called Novel Dot Academy and basically we have um probably over a thousand classes now, maybe not that many. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we've been around for 10 years. Actually, we are the longest contiguous, continuous online writing school in the Christian market or in the inspirational market. So we even are longer than Jerry Jenkins because he quit halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, we get it. So anyway. Yeah, but, yeah. that's great because especially as conferences are starting to move back to face-to-face, -to -face, mm -hmm. but they're going to be people who aren't comfortable with it or you just can't get anywhere yet yeah those classes are a great way to go deeper in your writing right um, and they're great I mean there's thank you you've got the one that goes with the story equation it's yeah. like the freebie y'all need to go sign up for it and once yeah. you do one you're going to want to do a bunch more because yeah, they are they are fun they're real and you know we meet every Thursday night and so it's like the the class it has a chat on the side so it's like it's like fun because people like talk and they get to know each other and so that's fun and then we have inside the school we have a little critique groups and so there's small it's like small groups you know kind of thing so then people will get to know each other and they can share they can critique each other or they can do whatever so it's really been fun to grow and, and during COVID it's really actually grew a lot because people were like I have to connect with people and so it's been a, a lot of fun but it's yeah so I teach I teach about twice a month um, and then we have other teachers that come in and, but we teach on, and we teach everything from beginners to, to career stuff. Like we've taught on, oh, how to set up your business, how to do branding, how to run a, how, how to be an indie publisher, how to be an indie author, how to, you know, all these, everything, just the yeah. whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that real quickly. Um, so you're what I would call an authorpreneur, say that mm. six times really fast, right. you're author, but you're also a entrepreneur you're creating yeah. all these businesses but you're not just creating them they're successful so mm -hmm. what is one or what are one or two pieces of advice that you would have from going through this process multiple right. times that you would give to any author on here's what i've learned as an entrepreneur that can make a difference in your writing life and actually yeah. being successful as an author yeah, no, that's great, Kara. Um, actually, the one thing that I learned was do find one thing and do it well. And I know that sounds crazy because I do a lot of things, but actually, um, so I started my writing career and I wrote in seven different genres. And so I had a little bit of success in each genre, but it wasn't until I had narrowed down to one genre, epic romantic adventure, that I really saw the sales start taking off. Because what happened is that, sure, people liked my chiclet, sure, people liked my, or my romantic comedy, sure, people liked my historicals, my, you know, straight up thrillers, whatever. But once I started to focus in, they were like, we're all in on this um, epic romantic adventure. And so that 
that get brought strength to my brand and and still I you know sometimes I put in little pieces of other things but really it's that and now people know what to expect when they come to a Susan May Warren book and it's the same with with uh, my book therapy so I have, so the com- the parent company is called my book therapy and we have done many 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 things we have had contests we have had uh, you know, we've had a magazine, we had a show, we had all sorts of stuff. And it wasn't until we said, we're just going to have our school and our, and our planner, which is part of our program, that we really started to grow. So again, one thing. And so I would encourage people to say, what is the, you can try a lot of different things, but until you, you need to land and one thing and then do that thing very, very well. And once you get done with that thing, you might be able to branch off. You know, Michael Jordan is about basketball. Sure, he played some baseball, you know, but really is about basketball, you know. And so I really feel like once we find that niche, we need to really drill down and do well at it and and learn everything you can about it and be a master in that category. And and then I think you'll find you really enjoy it. It'll help you focus. And then you won't have like tons of other things happening. Now it's okay to have other things happening, maybe just a few things and do those well, right? Yeah, no, that's great advice. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, You've given so much great advice and wisdom for people and really appreciate your time and cannot wait to read the next book. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It was really fun to chat with you again. If you enjoyed this conversation, remember you can join us live on my Facebook page on Tuesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the next conversation. I'd also be grateful if you'd leave a review on your favorite platform. I love to hear from you, so be sure to leave a comment on this episode's show page at caraputman.com, and you can also interact with me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't forget, when you join my e-newsletter, I send you a copy of Dying for Love, the novella that launches the Hidden Justice series, as my gift to you. Thanks again for tuning in. 